Hello, lovelies. Thank you for downloading. No, seriously, thank you for downloading. Uh, by way of explanation, um, we're in. We were having technical problems, as um, you're about to hear me talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, but we're incredibly low. Our volume's very low on this. I've just put it up to prove that we did it, basically. But you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. <laughs> or maybe your uh, MP3 listening device will compensate for the fact that she's a little bit low in the mix in this. I'll have a fix for the next one, and I'm sorry. Here it is. Hello, everyone. Hello, Ireland. I would like to address my nation to the people of Ireland. I respect you all greatly, and I would like to put forth some of my thinking. I was just having a little burp, Moran. Uh, Six Bits, hello. Well, hello there. My name's Ray. There's Moran. Hello, how are you? It's good to talk to you. It's good to crackle at you. Uh, yeah, there's going to be occasional crackling because uh, there's uh, we've got technological issues. And I feel frustrated, Moran, that I am unable, uh, given my wealth of IT experience, that I am unable to fix and uh, rectify them. But uh, uh, we're going to endeavour to soldier on through here unless it becomes completely unworkable, in which case there will be a sudden and a swift termination of the yeah. podcast. And listeners, I don't care. I'm sitting here drinking tea going, yeah, have at it. I, <laughs> I, I really, and he's getting more and more, why? But why isn't this working? I don't understand. I'm like, I really don't. I'll just go back to reading the papers. I'll be grand. Will we make that item number one, actually? Because I have a story <laughs> to share about my IT background. Will we do that? Your IT background. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear Control Alt Delete. Take it away, my I friend. I think you'd love it. Uh, sixbitspod at gmail.com for anything that you identify with, anything you'd like to share with us, or anything uh, anything random, anything that uh, just uh, pops into your head as you're listening to this and you fancy us reading out in our podcast. Uh, mm. I, I'm Ray. She's Murin. We've got three bits each, six bits. And uh, we begin with item number one my extensive IT background. Uh, I love a bargain and I uh, I can't turn one up, right? And I la- can't also- turn one up. I can't turn oh can't turn can't turn one down. Can't turn there up a bargain. Go. Can't turn down there a bargain. Yeah, I can't turn one down. And uh, <laughs> what what I, I I've got um I also I think most people I'm well, most most. I don't know. I don't know. You see, women like to you go. You were about uh, to say, yeah, he's about most men. Most dads, I was going to say, actually, but it's not a right. dad specific thing. But I think a lot of dads do this uh, where they like to. It's here's here's the prime example. You're in an airport and you're waiting for a flight right. and you're a couple. Just the two of you don't have the kids with you. Yeah. Uh, where what shop in all of the airport does the woman gravitate towards? And what Eason's. shop? Eason, yes, W. H. Smith or Eason's, right for the yeah. books or the uh, boots. the what? Boots. The boots, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like the scarves. There's a shop with scarves, Scar- you know, uh, silky right. scarves and that sunglasses. Kind of sunglasses, and there, there's That's one shop the out of the airport that has like silky scarves and uh, Lacoste we, and all that. We go shit. and try on seventy five pairs of sunglasses, thinking, well, I might get, I get a new pair. I might get a new pair. And then you look at yourself and you feel, your nose feels big in all of them and you're like, no, I'm not getting a new pair. Now that I think about this, there isn't a single shop for women. I mean, most of the airport is built for women because it's mostly shopping. However, there's one shop that, that, there's only one shop for the men, really. And it's Dixon's. Dixon's. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And even if we're not buying anything, we like to have a walk around Dixon's. Oh. Or Dixon's. Uh, And just uh, without any goals... Without any point, 
without any Maybe a uh, bit of a price comparison. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just to see what's on offer, see what's yeah. out there. Even though I already own five Bluetooth speakers of varying mm-hmm. degrees of quality, I still want to know what the latest one is and whether I might want to have it in my bathroom or before I go on holidays. Absolutely. I'm, I may already have six different USB uh, chargers or batteries, battery packs to keep my phone alive while I'm on a yeah. long flight. But of course, I didn't bring it with me. So any of them with me. So I'm going to go inside and have a mooch in Dixon's. Isn't, is it a, is it called Dixon's Airport or what, Dixon's Duty Free or Dixon's? Yeah, it's got that little, it's got that little blue bit, that little blue sign. When I go into that place, I'm like, ugh, <laughs> I'm like, ugh, hate this place. And then I just go, if we're in Terminal 2 in Dublin, we'll say, do you know what, where Dixon's is very near? Yeah. It's very near the Slaney. Do you know what the Slaney is, people? It's the pub. So I just go, I'm going to go into the Slaney. I'll talk to you later. Bye, 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 bye. And then I get a large wine that costs more than a mortgage repayment. You get a glass of wine that costs more than a bottle. And I mm-hmm. can't stand that carry on. But anyway, so you're inside in the Dixons, buying, looking at things you don't want nor need. And yeah, yeah, you're just mooching. You're on the mooch. Mm-hmm. The, the, the individual, the gentleman in the Dixons says to you, can I help you with anything, sir? And he must do that a million times a day, dealing with yeah. men not buying anything. No, I'm just, I'm just looking. You do it, you do it, you look at him and the finger goes up and you're like, just having a look. Just, just uh, having a look. Just having a look, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was doing the very same thing. I was, uh, I don't know what my wife was doing, but I was, uh, I was going to, as you know, I wear the same shirts. They're from Next uh, all the time. And I've got uh, grey ones. I've got one green one. I've got a load of blue ones. A, a shed load of navy ones. Navy ones. Uh, and I've got so about many navy ones. Yeah, quite a few. And I've got a number of black ones as well that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, plain black uh, next shirts. Uh, and I happen to have been wearing one of these as I went into Curry's PC World in Carrick Mines about five weeks ago. And I was mooching around and I was looking just at... Just having a look? Just having a look. I had just nothing to buy. There was nothing I needed. Yeah. I was killing time until my wife presented herself before me. Okay. And uh, said something along the lines of, oh, can we get out of here? I hate this place. Yes. But until then, I was on the mooch. I was just mooching, mooching around. And I was in the, I was looking at the, uh, the Surface laptops from Microsoft and they were quite nice. And I was just, I was right. having a bit of, um, I do this thing where I go on this web, I go onto the internet straight away. And I type in a website called fast.com. I do this on every computer I use. I, I do this on my computers all the time when I'm at home in my house. I type in, like, it's the first thing I do. I go on my emails. You do it on my computers. I do it on your computer. I do it on everything. What's he doing now? It's called... He's not even here. We're socially distanced. He breaks (laughs) into my computers and I just see him going fast.com. I'm like, all right, there he is. It's it's a tick I have. Uh, It's like um, a reflex. It's like biting my nails or something. I just, I go onto the Internet Explorer or the Safari or whatever it is. I get onto the Internet and I type in fast.com. And I do a web speed test to see how fast we're connected to the internet. So I'm in the middle of doing that in Curry's PC World uh, on a Microsoft Surface laptop. Yeah. And this middle-aged, two elderly (laughs) couple appear next to me. Oh, I think I know where this is going. And the lady says to me, she says, Hi, I'm sorry. I'm wondering, could you help me? Is this... (laughs) 
And I said, let me stop you there. I said, I don't work here. I don't work here, but I can go and get someone for you who does. And she does a kind of a, oh, oh, sorry. It wasn't, oh, she, she, I'm so sorry. She, no, she was, she was kind of uh, angry. Uh, she was saying sorry, but she was angrily saying, I'm so sorry, kind of thing. Like, yes. As if, as if I. You should help me anyway. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. wearing the all black. You walked in here looking like you're wearing a uniform. It's your fault I've made this mistake. Well, the black is the uniform, uh, the standard uniform of the Curry's PC World worker. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so she's given me this sorry, but it's like, oh, so, sorry, sorry. And in this kind of frowny sort of, but you're who the hell do you think you are? are yeah. you, is, is this some sort of a um, hidden camera show? What the hell? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? I'm offended by you. Uh, whereas the your man, her husband, was laughing. He found the whole thing quite amusing. He did, but you have to realise older people are automatically on their guard when they go into a store with that's based on technology. Automatically right. on guard for any sort of attack that should happen upon them. It's like, I'll be hacked right I'm not, here. I'm now. not going to be caught, download, caught in the back foot, yeah. Oh, they'll download my brain. They'll upload coronavirus. They are, they're on... They're on guard. So, uh, anyway, making this long story even longer, I'll, I'll I'll cut it very short. I was walking past a bargain bin that had a box in it. Again, I'm just killing time once I dealt with the couple, once I'd, I'd sold them a laptop and made my commission uh, and sold them the extra cover that they always end up trying to, trying to sell you. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I then uh, was walking out and there's a bargain bin or like, yeah, bargain, but that's all I can describe. And there's a plain... A brown cardboard box in the bin and I just pick it up and I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the specs of a laptop right and this yeah. guy walks past me and he says oh yeah everything on that is further reduced by another 50% so this thing had been reduced already to 220 euro <gasps> and in the, by putting it in a bin they'd reduced it to 110 euro ah well now see how could you say no to it how could so, you say no? Was my it a kids, surprise? Were you allowed to find out what it, what it was? What sort of a laptop? It was very basic. It's not amazing. Okay. Just pretty basic uh, and not not very good. I uh, So I bought it, did a bit of tinkering with it, put a new hard drive in it. And I have to say, it's pretty nice. It's okay for 110 quid. It's, you know, it's, it's all right. It's a grand little laptop. And then uh, Moran's laptop died in its ass a couple of days ago. And I said, aha, I've got just the thing. I've got a is crappy this, 110 euro laptop sitting is this at home. Where you and, got my laptop? That's a bargain bin. It's you, the laptop you are now speaking to me on is the bargain bin laptop. So, pop. dear listeners, if there's any cr- m- crackle mid podcast from Wern's uh, 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 microphone or laptop, I will point you in the direction of the bargain bin of Curry's PC World five or six weeks ago, and the elderly couple. Uh, who asked me for help. Ask My, for Ray Foley. He'll tell you what to do and where to go. Ask for Ray. He'll look after you. Although, in fairness, there hasn't been much crackling. In the entire half an hour trying to get it fixed, uh, it, uh, it, we, we, while we achieve nothing, it's, uh, it's working kind of okay now. I've got so to tell I'm you. from a bargain bin. You're a, this is a live bargain bin. This is a bargain bin basement podcast brought to you well, by, the, right. by the bargain bin. Uh, shall we move on to item number two, if you like? Number two. Number two. Jesus, that was loud, wasn't it? It was beautiful. Okay. What you got for us? We're all spending so much time in our houses, right? That an awful lot of people are looking around going, Jesus, I should fix that. Oh, the state of that. Do I need to paint things? All this kind of stuff. If you own a house, 
Are you looking around kind of going, oh, oh, I could do that. Oh, I know you are. You're thinking of bloody building a room in the back garden. But um, I'm a renter, you see. I'm a renter. So there's very little. That yeah, I that's hard. That's very hard. And, yeah. uh, and uh, when you see, I do that all the time in my house anyway. I'm always like on on. Uh, uncomfortable and uneasy I always have a sense of I need to sort that out yes. and, and generally I just go and sort it once it gets to the weekend I go and sort it because I've kind of now, now that I've got my own house I'm very into like I want it to be, I want it to look just the way I want it to look of but I, I think back to my renting days and yeah I can imagine go on Oh so we've got you know there's sort of it's a, it's a very damp house so you can you can see the black coming through the walls you know, and you can't paint it. Oh, God. Or, you know, we've been asked not to put up shelves or pictures, all this sort of malarkey. Have like, you actually God. been, is, is your landlord that strict on it though, yeah? No, it seems very nice. Okay. As in, came into the house one day and we'd put up a pile of shelves because we had no storage and didn't even notice, sort of thing. Okay. Um, But if we do more and more stuff to the house, that means we're going to live here for a long time and I and psychologically, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Do you know that sort of a way? Yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. Don't do it and it'll make us get off our arse and try to find a nicer place. So, uh, so we do that anyway. So any renters will know you don't put your paintings on the wall. You have them stacked against a wall. <laughs> you know, they never go up. They're there. They're gathering dust. You just never put them up. So I, as a result, I'm quite obsessed with home shows. And, you know, you're talking about your Dermot Bannons, your homes of the year, your grand designs, all that stuff. That's grand. But I found a new love of my life, Ray. Who is it? And, and it's called Architectural Digest Open Door. Oh. oh yeah, people. Architectural Digest, AD Open Door. You can go into the house of celebrities. Oh. The homes of celebrities. So let's go back a few steps, shall we? To the MTV Cribs days. Uh-huh. They should it's still funny. be doing that, by the way. I think people are still, like, fascinated by that. They should still be doing that. Are they still doing that? I bet they still are doing that, are they? Uh, no, because it was all a fake, you see. Oh. What? That was, the, that was the thing with Cribs. An awful lot of them weren't their houses. What, they just rent them for a week or just rent them for the day and then t- take you on a walk so, around? Robbie Williams rented, he used a fake house and he hired a team of like pretend butlers to be there on the day of the shoot and he didn't take it seriously at all. Ja Rule, his house was a four-day rental. I don't know why I know all these things, but his house was a four-day rental. And at the end of the MTV Cribs shoot, uh, he allegedly threw such a big party that the homeowner ended up suing him because he wrecked the gaff. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose, yeah, yeah, though, yeah. is it not in on some level? Although I'm, I am surprised hearing that. That when you think about it, some of these high flying jet setters, they don't actually live anywhere, particularly when they're at the peak of their fame, which is when Cribs would be talking to them. Like they probably don't actually. They spend time on tour. They go from city to city. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're being dragged from Billy to Jack. That like when they actually, they probably own properties. But they don't necessarily live in them, unless they go back to their where their parents live to for the purposes of the shoot. But otherwise, like, you like don't Lewis have a house. Capaldi. Lewis Lewis Capaldi went home, did he? He lives in his parents' house. Oh right, and that, 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 that's like, that's probably because point? he spends more of his most of his time in hotels. Of course he does, and he's like, "What's the point?" There was one thing about MTV Cribs, and I had to look this up today because I remember it being quite funny. And it was, you know, Redman the rapper. Yeah, he used his real home for the for MTV Cribs. But um, MTV actually asked him to rent something nicer. Like, no, we, don't, we don't want to shoot here because it was his real house. And he was like, F off. I remember this there was my, one rapper that, that kept saying he kept pointing to the security features in his house, like uh, the security cameras or the armed security guards, security hut, uh, yeah. electrified fences and stuff. And he kept to- like he kept pointing to all these different features. 
and and saying directly into the camera, so don't try nothing. Uh, I think I remember I don't know who it was, but I remember that. that? And I remember, was it uh, Party Boy or Bam Margera or one of them? Party Boy, yeah, I remember all of those episodes. And they did it in a dumpster and they... (laughs) He showed us, one of the jackass fellas showed us around it. And I remember China. Do you know China's dead now? I remember China from... China, the, the WWE wrestler. Yeah. She yeah. did one. I remember her doing one and her having red wine in her fridge. And... Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. And even... I would that's have been... Grim. I would have been in my early 20s. But then they live in California, so they probably chill wine more. So, like, no, I mean... that's grim. Uh, what do you mean it's grim? That's grim. It was a nice house, but she had she had red wine in her fridge, and she was having her. Uh, by the end of the shoot, she was like, "I'm just gonna I'm gonna relax with a nice cool glass of red wine <gasps> in my in in her hot tub in the sun in, at her mansion." And she, and you know the way they kind of say, "You know, like, get out of here now," kind of thing. And she was having her uh, her cold. I always remember that. That's really gross. But as you mentioned, get out of there now. That is the one thing that has survived. That has made the leap from MTV Cribs to AD open door. So this is, this is, this is taking it up a step. These are posh, posh, posh houses and they definitely live there. Okay. So that's the thing. And are they so, celebs houses? Yeah. Celebs houses. Right. So, so who have you been looking is, at? I've been trying to space it out over, you know, I allow myself one episode every couple of weeks so that I don't binge. Mm-hmm. And then last night hit and I said, feck it. And I watched them all. They are amazing. So we're talking Ellen DeGeneres, oh. go into her house. Chelsea Handler, you can go into uh, Cara Delevingne's house. That's one of my favourites. It's so kitsch. It's fantastic. Who else's house? Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. He built a massive house in Utah. Like, it is ridiculously... Huge. And when you're saying you're going into the... Are these like a 3D walk-around thing? Or is it a like no, just, a, just a Cribs thing? It's, a, it's about a 10-minute show on YouTube. Oh, so you it's Cribs around. then. It is Cribs. Basically, all right, okay. Yeah, it's just a bit, but they talk more about the design features and the art and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, We went into Nicole Scherzinger's house and it looked like everything she'd bought was from pennies. Like it was all all that colour that they sell, the colour palettes that they have in pennies. I was like, all right, yeah. It's It's like cream, cream cream and greys, is it? It's it's like, it is like cream and greys. But I would just say to everyone right now, if you want to get your house porn, because you hate the four walls of your house, AD, open door and go into David Harbour's house. David Harbour from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Who's going out with Lily Allen. Now I know why he's such a nice house because he started going out with Lily and he was like, Jesus, I better get someplace a bit swish. It is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. You would love it, Ray. He has got, um, he's got framed Marvel and DC artwork on the walls. He's got plants everywhere. It is absolutely Class. So if you just want real celebrity houses, and then you get to judge the people as well. Remember that. Okay. You get to go, I hate this person now. Number three. Still a bit loud, that, isn't it? Uh, Niall Horan donates €100,000 to Irish charity, which is helping older people. Uh, Niall Horan's given a hundred grand to uh, a loan during the COVID. Is it, is it a loan? <gasps> yeah, a loan. Supports older people is welcome to the donation from the One Direction singer. The charity said the 100 grand uh, enables it to continue to provide vital assistance to older people. Westmead native Niall said, uh, through interactions with the Irish government and HSE about critical and immediate support that Ireland needed, I found out that Alone was a charity doing fantastic work looking after older people all over the country. With greater support, 
they'll be able to reach so many more. Always a priority, but especially during this unprecedented crisis. It's a real pleasure to help such a great cause. Ah, oh, I love Niall Horan. I love him. And you know what? Do, yeah. you think, do you think he rubbed the money on, you know, the way he's got sweat dripping off his dirty body? Or is it laundry? What? You know, in slow hands, that lyric? <laughs> sweat dripping off of my dirty laundry. Or is it body? That's my favourite lyric of Nile Horan's. It's fantastic. So maybe he's rubbed the money on it so that he can give it to the old people and they're like, I've got a bit of Nile Horan now. I don't oh, know if that's, you... if it's the socially distancing appropriate to be giving sweat dripping money to old people. To I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if that's necessarily COVID friendly. I don't think Dr. Tony Houlihan will be uh, validating that one, uh, Nile. You know what, if I were to go, I'd take it if I had a fiver <laughs> with sweat dripping off Nile Horan's dirty laundry. Here's a funny thing about Niall Horan. Uh, I interviewed him a few weeks ago. Uh, uh, did. Not long after January, February time. Interviewed Niall Horan. And it was a funny one because he. I also interviewed him years ago. Like maybe a year after 1D or a year into mm. 1D. Yeah. And there's a certain... This is more me now than it is him, okay? But there's a certain sadness about the growing up uh, that is... That gives me a little bit of, uh, I suppose it's the inevitable. I suppose being a dad as well, and you can kind of see it as well in your kids. I was just about to say, it's because you're a father. And yeah. to you, Niall Horan, is tiny little Niall Horan who yeah. walked out onto that X Factor stage and he should be that size. And now you're like, oh, Jesus, he's a proper person. Yeah, there's a bit of that. There's also in the early days interview that I did with him, there was a genuine, even though he was very busy and very successful and like properly in the throes of the 1D thing. Uh, that he was still a kid. He still had uh, this sort of innocent, fresh-faced, goofy stupidness that Nile, that was always the Niall Horan brand as well. You know, like, just right, d- yeah. delighted to be there. Uh, very professional, very together, but, like, delighted to be there, enjoying every moment of it. Uh, and now that he's, he is that bit older, which is inevitable, he has grown up a bit. Uh, he's seen a bit of life. He's been through some crap, I'm sure, as well, in the last 10 years. That uh, when I interviewed him, like while he was an adult, and he was good crack and he was lovely and the whole thing's online. He's like a really nice fella. There's a certain sort of, I guess, jadedness or maybe guardedness or the the fact that maybe that he's on his own. He doesn't have the other lads to to be the Egypt among, if you know what I mean. That he needs to. Yeah. yeah, that And I, well, it's nothing to do with me. Uh, I have a certain sadness for the old Nile. I have a certain uh, longing for, uh, and uh, I I don't know the guy at all, like at all, at all, at all, at all, bar the two interviews I've done with him, uh, that I, and you can sort of apply then that thing to, to your own life and your own, the, 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 the tragedy that is the passing of time, I suppose. Uh, and Ni- and Niall Horan being the uh, example of that for me. <laughs> it's, I told you it was stupid, but there you go. That's, wow. that's just the way I'm, feel- I'm feeling. And when I saw the story today, I was like, wow. It's isn't a such a existential crisis you're having there and the transcendental nature of time and transience of youth. Are you okay? No, I've been having this for a while. Um, <laughs> je- like, I've been having that like for a long time. The Since my kid was born, actually, I've ha- I've been having that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Ooh. This is it now. Ooh. This is the gallop towards the grave we're in now, lads. Uh, even though I'm still in my 30s, I have that that feeling. Me and JP had a long chat about that, actually, before Christmas. But, like, yeah, it's there's a, there is a... 
there is definitely a feeling of it. But uh, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what can you do? But just live until you die. You know what I mean? Anyway, Niall Horan, 100 grand for old people. Throw, throw, a, few, throw a bit of that my way, Niall. Someone, well, uh. If you're listening to this right now, just send a virtual hug to Ray there, will you? He's can okay. someone from alone go in and check on Ray? <laughs> he, hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't had his, his cup of wine today yet, so I'm a bit worried about him. You want to, you want to stop and get a cup of wine? Your crackle is beginning to come in there now. You see, that's the oh. Bargain Basement podcast. Jesus, uh, anyway, we. fair play, Niall Horan, very much in love with him. Don't have very much the same feelings with Ollie Murray, although they would have had a similar cr- trajectory, wouldn't they? No, Niall's completely not really different. Absolutely. All right, different. moving on then. Number four. So, uh, Richard Chambers, the Virgin Media News journalist, he put up something today that has tickled me pink. And it is um, uh, Roy Keane saying the word WhatsApp. <laughs> Take a listen. He's in, in the middle of a conversation. He's on stage and he's talking and he's chatting and here it is. Text anyone in the media or ring somebody or go on WhatsApp or Twitter, whatever they go on. <laughs> what? 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 Ring somebody or WhatsApp. Roy King, It's legend. a beautiful thing. WhatsApp. So I to give you that because I have listened to that so many times today and it's also, I like listening to Cardi B say the word coronavirus. I like Maura from Schitt's Creek saying the word bibi. And also Jane Krakowski, who plays Jenna in 30 Rock, saying the word camera. Camera. Listen, ca- camera. Does she, she roll the R? She does a camera. camera. Does she oh, do no, camera? Camera. Okay. Camera. Camera. Uh, in her fake British accent. Um, you can add to our list sixbitspod at gmail.com. People saying words in peculiar way WhatsApp that just that just tickle you pink that here's the thing with Roy Keane like, and in that particularly in that clip of, of Roy Keane okay that do you feel because uh, 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 alright I think Roy Keane enjoys his curmudgeonly persona yes. and leans into it so yes. even in that bit there as people are laughing and clapping in the audience he's doing a performance there now it is a ver it like it's like Larry David. Lar- what you see of Larry David in Curb Your Enthusiasm is Larry David, but it's just dialed up. I think Roy Keane is Roy Keane, but I think he dials it up for the uh, for the the entertainment value. He of course he does, but I remember once trying to book Roy Keane for something and realizing how much he cost, and I went absolutely. He's it's a performance, right? Because he's expensive. Okay, let everyone know Roy so- is expensive. So, um, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy for there to be a little bit of personality in football bloody chat. So go for it, my friend. Oh yeah, personality. Yeah, but it, he seems to portray a sort of a like, uh, particularly when he's on panels on the sporting panels. He 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 has a sort of a what do I say? Like I'm not into this. This isn't for me. This is below me, sort of thing. And, no, but, I don't know, because he does genuinely feel that way. Like, he can get very thick with people and he will not talk to them. Like, there's all these stories about him, him being, oh, yeah, no, he didn't talk to him after that. And him taking it, being, like, quite serious. But I think that the performance can be do- dialed up, especially when he's in front of a crowd like that, doing yeah. a panel. And it is all about entertainment. And he realises everyone likes the way he says, WhatsApp, throw that in every once in a while and you're good to go. <laughs> and Roy Keane, I, I, do you know what? I think he's... A bit of a genius. I mean, Love entertainment it. wise, I think he's a genius. Uh, what are we at? Number five or six? Is it? Who knows? Who knows anymore? I did. I did number one. You did number two. 
I did number three. You did number four. This is number five then, is it? Yeah. Number five. Number five. Ireland legend Paul O'Connell, Mrs. Sense of Purpose, playing rugby gave him. The former Munster star is enjoying family life, particularly spending extra time with his three children at home. I like the way the sub-headline is a qualification of uh, the headline, which is like, all I want to do is play rugby. <laughs> and then the, the sub-headline is actually, he, oh, no, I'm, he's actually fine. Uh, this is uh, the great Paul O'Connell. He misses the sense of purpose that playing gave him as he continues to adapt to life in retirement. The Bernardo's ambassador hung up the boots in 2015 and says he's been trying to fill the void left behind by rugby ever since. I can imagine, though, because these guys are, like, they're actually children. I mean, in order to get good enough to, to represent your club or your county in rugby, you need to start at a very young age, yeah? Yeah. And then, so you're a child and you need to be good at it. And you need, in order to get good at it, you need to work hard at it. So you're a child working hard at it or a very young person, you know, like a teenager well, at least. for an awful lot of these players, because Paul would have been there and it wouldn't have been, um, he would have, when he was playing GAA and then more focused on rugby, um, it, the amateur era was still there. Yeah. So it's changed an awful lot in recent years. So it wasn't like this is going to be your career. You're going to make loads of money out of this. That sort of came in when he started being, you know, that 18, 19 year old. So, um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Just but I'm just guessing, though, even as an amateur, in order to show promise as an amateur, oh, yeah, you need absolutely. to work hard at it, is what yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying, like, yeah, I, yeah in, in order to get to the level where you end up playing for Ireland or your, com- or your club, you need to dedicate or devote a certain amount of your l- life, as even as a young person, to it. Uh, mm-hmm. re- regardless of, yeah, I, I imagine it's much more serious now if it's, you know, if... if your career path has been planned out for you in your teens. But even uh, even for these guys and older guys as well. So you're talking about it being a big part of your life, if not your entire life as a child. And then you graduate up into it and it definitely becomes because it is actually your your income, your life, your career. And it's only going to last so long. And I can't imagine what it must be like for it to all of a sudden be switched off to after retirement I, I would say it must be tremendously difficult to live with. I wouldn't know anything about that. I haven't lost a career ever. I have no idea. I've never, I've never oh had God. a sense of purpose taken away from me. R.I.P. <laughs> well, I did. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about in that score. Well, you're talking about radio, but like you're still a television presenter. And, no, I know, know, yeah, but it, it's very difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, I can completely, for anyone who's kind of been... And, and for anyone right now who's lost a job, it's bloody, you're like... What? No, well, I, I, I'm i not saying in that sense, but it, it must be... Well, you see, the thing is, it, it was always coming for him. Do you know what I mean? It was always like, that was the uh, inevitability of the ga- that gig, is that I like... I know, and I think it is tough because when it's coming for them, they're only about, you know, they're in their mid-30s if they can make it that far, if their body can make it that far. Yeah. So you're barely out of being a bloody child. And it's like, bye-bye, career's over. Bye, see you later. Yeah. Awful. We're five years on now from his retirement and he's like, it must be so hard. But then again, you know, it does give you opportunity, like uh, punditry opportunities and writing opportunities. And, and he's experience. very good at it. And also he's crazy smart. There you go. Something well, that you or I don't have. No, we don't have either of those things. But when I used to be a promo girl for uh, Live 95 in Limerick, mm-hmm. um, we'd often be going to like the opening of Spars and Centras and the Munster players used to always show up. And I remember one day being in this uh, centre with opening on O'Connell Street in Limerick. And Paul O'Connell was one of the players that was there that day. 
and there was a queue of people coming up to say hi. They had the Heineken cup, all that kind of stuff. And then this man gets to the top of the queue and he's holding a little bundle. And we're like, oh, what's he holding so preciously there? It turns out his wife had fallen asleep in the maternity hospital, having given birth to their baby girl the day before. And she was a bit tired. Her husband found out that Paul O'Connell was going to be in the centra. So he took the baby out of the hospital. (laughs) He was like, I'm just bringing her out for a walk or something. Took the baby out of the hospital, brought her to the centra, handed her to Paul O'Connell. And he was like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. This is well before he had his own kids. He was in his like mid 20s. And he's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And your man goes, yeah, Paul, if you could just hold her with one hand there. Yeah, that'd be great. And he was like, I'm not holding a baby with one hand. Your man was like, oh, Paul, she's tiny. It's grand. Don't worry about it. And you could just see Paul O'Connell freaking out. This is for a photo op, is it? This is for a photo. Your man wanted a photo of his newborn baby girl in a single hand of Paul O'Connell. I I almost blew the shop down with me laughing. I was like, that is one of the best things I've ever seen. Well done, Paul O'Connell. Well done. Paul O'Connell, smart, bald man. Well done. Well done, Paul. I've got clapping, actually. There you go, Paul. Uh, Very nice. And finally. Number six. You mentioned there, and this is, I wish I, I, I should have saved the MTV Cribs facts for the end but you mentioned there Paul O'Connell was talking because he's an ambassador for Bernardo's and um, the one thing I'm noticing at the moment is all the charities that are like hi guys we're over here yeah is there any chance you can give us a bit of money and you've mentioned there as well about Niall Horan giving 100,000 euro which is fantastic of course we all don't have that amount of money but the guilt that's coming with it for people to be like oh Jesus I need to donate to this now and oh god Pieta House don't have their darkness into light and alone need so much money and oh god how can we help feed the frontline workers and what about um you know uh, domestic uh, violence charities domestic abuse charities and rape crisis centres do you not find it all overwhelming at this stage though that the fact that there's so much there's so much of it of course charities overwhelming but it's everyone is every everything and everyone is struggling and it's going to continue to struggle for the for, for the coming years because of all this uh, but of course, the charities are quite effective at uh, publicizing it or raising awareness of it because that's what they, they do. For different. Yeah. Sorry. And go it's on. Just the thing. No, it's just that we can't give to ev- everything. No. Like I know I did something for um, Cystic Fibrosis Ireland because, you know, so many of these places don't get any funding at all. And you're like, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, like and we've got high rates of CF here and all that kind of stuff. But it's it does feel very overwhelming and it feels like we do depend on the kindness of strangers in 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 society and in the world and, and, and for people to be able to donate. Um, but we kind of, I don't know if we have to find a new way of going, making sure that no one falls through the cracks, you know, for people who are homeless or all that kind of stuff. Because I think a lot of people are feeling, feeling overwhelmed going, oh Jesus, I've got a bit of extra money. Who's the best to give it to? Mm-hmm. Um, so are you going to tell us who the best to give it to is? Or are, no, you, are you just throwing this out there? <laughs> I'm throwing this out there. Ah, oh, balls. I thought you were going to give me some guidance. We were literally just talking about this a couple of days ago. Every Christmas, we, uh, myself and my wife, we work out who, who, and it's not like we've got loads of money. It's not like we're, this is the Foley investment. We're, like, we're not Bill no, and Melinda you're, you're Gates. Yeah, yeah but Christmas donation. Yeah. It's not just the Christmas donation. No, it's the donations then for the following year. So we yeah. every every Christmas, at some point, we sit down and work out. We do two or three each. Uh, and we've got a certain amount of money every month that we, we can give every month and then we decide for 2020 who is it going to be who's going to get the direct debit and then we try and change it up a, bit, a little bit but while at the same time trying to keep it balanced so, so like we've got different things that we care about so we give the money out that way and you can't you can't pick them all do you know what I mean but we do try and spread it out uh, every yeah. year so um, there's, there's also the, the the fact that we do have a little bit of extra 
uh, we'll see how long that, that lasts. But we do have a little bit of extra walking around money because we don't have we're not spending monies on things like coffees, or yeah. we're not spending as much money on diesel, and we're not spending exactly. you know. So we do have a little bit of extra cash. So Kate was just saying it a couple of days ago. She said we need to decide who we're going to give the extra cash to, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa Nelly, I need to spend money on laptops. I don't need them. Curry's PC World. There's a bargain bin in Curry's. With my black shirt with my name on it up there. Uh, no, but yeah, yeah, you're right. So I suppose I, I, the message then from MOC, from saying... The message Saint, from, from Ray Foley is go to the charity, bargain bin and curries. There you go. Now you know. Or, or, or spend a little bit of time over your glass of wine tonight writing down maybe if you do have a couple of bucks. Well, then if you've, if yeah. you've lost your job, if you've got less money, then of course you don't have it. But if you do, uh, it's probably worth thinking... Uh, what are you going to do with it? Or is there some some yeah. way of, yeah, or who, who and, gets it? And just put a little bit of time in to seeing how the charity is run, how many people work for it, if it's a registered charity, and um, and how much is spent on, like, admin costs and how much actually goes directly to the people. who. Yeah, another good one as well is to look around at, I know on uh, on Red we're doing it, but I'm sure there are plenty of other radio stations or stations that are local to you that are doing are giving publicity to local events and local mm. fundraisers. Uh, like in the case in Cork, there's a, a hospice, Marymount Hospice, that are, there are a bunch of lads doing 100k each out their back gardens uh, or in their 2k radius localities over the course yeah. of the next number of days to raise as much money as they can for Marymount. So there's that kind of thing as well. So there's probably something near you if you work out, I suppose, but do, do a budget first and then work out uh, who needs it and where's the money go. Uh, are we done? We are, just to let everyone know that myself and Ray will be uh, setting up a charity. Uh, we're just waiting for the forms to come through. It's called My Piles Are Giving Me Dip. Yeah. And uh, it's for all those people out there whose piles are indeed. We've managed to uh, to rope in um, a former colleague, uh, Pat Kenny, as a <laughs> spokesperson. Yes. And Paul O'Connell. <laughs> He's going to do a live demonstration of how piles give jip. Yeah, we, we've we've got Paul O'Connell as well because he's basically his life is meaningless at the moment. Uh, so he's nothing to be doing. Uh, we tried to book Roy Keane, but he's just way too expensive. Frankly, N- Niall Horan talking about investing as well. He's also <laughs> said he's going to give us hundred thousand euro. Nice. And we're going to film it inside in a celebrity's home. We're and thinking I'll, red man. I'll be wearing a black shirt. I'll be doing all the IT. I think we've tied everything in there. That was lovely. That was very well done. Uh, right, Azerbaijan, my pals are giving me chip. Good night and God bless. And Maureen O'Connell, say something. Yeah, I can't. I don't know any words. Perfect. Good day. <laughs> <laughs>